Siri, read my most recent text message. I found your most recent message from Corin. Singer with medium light skin tone and rock and roll face paint, man, chipmunk, dark sunglasses, woman with medium skin tone receiving head massage, red heart, clock face 10 o'clock, fire, fire, fire. Want to reply? Yes. Careless Talk, that's what you've heard about us. Welcome to the Billy Joel Song by Song podcast, where we take you from the high to the low to the rest of the show. For the rest of my life. And also where all songs are used for illustrative purposes. I'm your host, Josh Bourdon, and with me, as always, Corinne Keener. Hi. Today, we'll be discussing track three from Cold Spring Harbor, Everybody Loves You Now. All the people want to know your name. As soon there will be lines outside your door. Feelings do not matter in your game. Yeah, because nothing's going to touch you anymore. So your life is only living anyhow. And everybody loves you now. We're only going to play what you could hear from an iTunes preview to keep it all fair use. You know, but uh... you could just go and turn on your local adult contemporary 70s, 80s and now station and wait. Or, you know, if you've, you've got less time than that, maybe just just press pause here and go to iTunes or Google Play, download it. You know, Billy Joel's Vivo Station. Do the things first. And then come back that to That are us. legal. Yeah, legal. Definitely. Definitely legal. Um, only do those things. Yeah. And then come back and join us. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we'll have like an affiliate link to iTunes and that would give us like a penny or something. Yeah, we'll be here. Or a hey penny. Like a half penny? Is that what a hay penny is? I don't know. It's a penny made of hay. Uh, give me give me your hot take. My hot take? Yeah. Um, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, if oh. you remember from just I a do. few moments ago. I do recall. I love this song. Yeah. It makes me want to do Colbert spins. Really? Yeah. Like, I love this song so much. Uh, it speaks to me on a very personal level, and that personal level is the one where I am extraordinarily jealous of everybody, and in my brain go on like rampages about how somebody's getting a lot of attention for the stuff they do and it's usually rightfully they should be getting the attention but in my head i'm like oh isn't that great everybody loves you now i i understand that feeling a lot if this were a better podcast this episode would be me confronting people who have had those feelings about and and then we'd talk about it but this isn't you that should. podcast. Oh. Let's stop that and let's do that. Let's do that right now. <laughs> uh, maybe for a future episode. Because for me, uh, there was a person that went to my school that I'm actually like, pretty good friends with now. Like, you know, like we're not we're not super tight buds, uh, but we do stuff occasionally. And I'm like, uh, yeah, at the time I was super jealous that he was much better at uh, most most musical things like most people are most people who call themselves musicians are better at musical things than me and at the time i was very jealous and as a young kid i didn't know really what to do with that feeling uh so i just kind of took it out on him yeah but this one this song is also i love this song so much so i'm gonna like i'm gonna project a whole bunch of like really great meaning into it where uh it's also got that dynamic where it's like Everybody loves you now, but also I really love you too. I can't help it. And what, you know, I'm mad at you for going away and receiving attention. 
but I want to be flowering you with all of that attention at the same time. That's that's interesting. So, you know, at least historically, in a documented sense, according to accounts from Fred Scherer's Billy Joel, The Definitive Biography, the song uh, is argued uh, to be the flip side of She's Got Away. Like we could title this song, actually, She's Got Away, subtitle of Pissing Me the Fuck Off. <laughs> that's true. So this is another song, uh, presumably, about Elizabeth Weber, Billy Joel's first wife. And I kind of, there's part of me that also thinks like this song is a little bit about himself too. Like he's saying, you know, like, oh, he's starting to get a little bit of success. He's got, you know, some, some gigs, a recording contract, whatever. He's, he's starting to maybe piss off some people in his life. Maybe being the person that is uh, starting to take off and people are being jealous and he doesn't have the time to go to Cold Spring Harbor no more. No more. Yeah. I love it when you get to hear the the title of a thing inside of a thing. Oh, yeah. You know, like in a movie. Yeah, why is it called Cold Spring Harbor? Like in the movie when they're, you know, like, they're like... uh, Maybe this is just as good as it gets. That or um, like Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. (laughs) When they say that, they say that. They say Harry Potter uh, and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Alas, the Star Wars have begun. (laughs) They're like, Alvin... We're chipwrecked. One of my favorite lines in this song, uh, I love it when uh, like colloquial phrases or things show up uh, in songs, but just like slightly twisted. Yeah, like everybody wants your white body. Not what I was going That's for. my favorite colloquialism. <laughs> no, when he gets to the line, uh, you can have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I really love when you bring something, you know, from this social consciousness that's been around forever that nobody really knows where it comes from uh and it gets put into a song one of my favorite things also this song is so frantic yeah i've got a keyboard now okay uh so let me see if i can uh it's it's crazy yeah he does this thing that i love and this is like the first time we really hear it which is this uh that's like the billy joel riff yeah you hear it in everything his calling card shows up in another song uh prominently called root beer rag later <laughs> root beer i already dislike that song this is the uh the 1983 remaster they brought in new musicians um and so when i hear this uh you know it sounds like kind of modern um and i'm like why the hell wasn't this a hit like this just this is just such a great song this and i think it, it did is have the greatest billy joel song i've heard three so far it's the only three songs I've ever heard by Billy Joel um, ever in my life. Just these, this is the third one. And uh, it's the best one. And I don't think they'll get better from here. I, well, some of them will get better. Uh, I think this did get some acclaim when it showed up on the live album Songs in the Attic about a decade later. It's so good. It's such a good song. I don't think you've heard the original one. So you might be able to find that out there. I'm not encouraging anybody to go digging through uh, what may or may not be licensed licensed work. But there's a guitar in the original recorded one. They took the guitar off for the remaster, but it shows up in Songs in the Attic. Yeah, the drums on that are totally different, and I really do like the drums on the 83 remix. Uh, yeah, the remix um, sounds more together. Yeah, because um, there was a couple things in there that I just heard that uh, popped out of nowhere all of a sudden. Which are? 
uh well that guitar i think that was a guitar yeah just a guitar it sounded like it came in mid measure yeah there's a weird there's a weird part where it, it kind of sounded like in. somebody was like oh shit i forgot to turn the mic on for them and then just did <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't get it i don't get why this was not a hit uh but i do think i, I figured out why they took the guitar off and to me uh, do you do you have any ideas of, as to what this song sounds like? Like maybe it sounds like somebody else. No. Okay. I think that this is intended to be a Bob Dylan song. I think you're crazy. So it might sound more like a Bob Dylan song if it sounded like this. You ready? Just imagine a harmonica going over this. <laughs> Made me all eyes I turn on you Now in the center of the stage Everything revolves on what you do You and your prime, you convey And loneliness will get to you somehow Everybody loves you now. It's a Bob Dylan song. I'm almost positive you can play this game with any song. <laughs> you can make me free. You can make me rise. That's like Randy Newman. Is this just an avenue for you to do a Bob Dylan impersonation? It might be, yeah. You don't hear though. You don't hear the Bob Dylan. I maybe I don't know enough Bob Dylan. You can have your cake and eat it too. But this just feels like, like a game that Jimmy Fallon plays. I don't know. It sounds like it. The lyrics are so Bob Dylan-y. Like they just sent like the fact that he's taking from uh, these old sayings and stuff like that. Uh, it, like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dog without a bone. Uh, you've lost the innocence somehow. Like, like a it's, house it's, without a phone. That was a game that my dad and I played once on the way back from a, a Notre Dame game. What, um, was, what was the game? Well, uh, like a Rolling Stone came on the radio, and then we just kept making up rhymes for like a Rolling Stone. That you know, so like like a dog without a bone. Like a dog without a bone. Like a house without a phone. Like a like Nickelodeon without Flome. Yep, we came up with that one. Um, like a bank without a loan. There you go. That's a good one. A kidney without a stone. <laughs> Ooh, I was also thinking stone, but I couldn't come up with anything. Like a fruit without a stone. Also yeah. good. Um, I guess that would just be a non-stone fruit. Like Sylvester without Stallone. I can't come up with any. You're doing. You're just too fast. Like ice cream without a cone. Ooh. Like a black snake without a moan. <laughs> oh, deep cut. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. That's. <laughs> What was that, like 2000, 2005? I couldn't tell you. That's impressive. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I retire now. Okay. But you don't hear the Bob dylan I do when you sing it like you're Bob Dylan. <sighs> no, nothing? Not really. Ugh, everybody loves you now. What are you doing? What I do every episode. I call up a fan of the person I'm comparing Billy Joel to and take over the world. Hey. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, so we're not live with him, but this is my good friend Jonathan Hackett. Alive, alive, the day begins. You drive. 
I found my H2 Zoom. I haven't used this in, in years, so trying to figure out what to do with it. Jonathan and I were in a band slash songwriting collective at college called The Marxists. He's a great songwriter. Seriously, the oh guy writes God. airtight lyrics and melodies that just stick with you from first listen. And he's also the nicest guy. How are you? Are you well? I'm good. I think, you know, things are, things are good. This is, uh, this is a, an exploration in what other things I could be doing <laughs> with my time, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a, no, bit, of, it. a bit of escapism, you know? So Jonathan is not only a big Bob Dylan fan, but he and Bob Dylan are also native Minnesotans. Don't you know? Bob Dylan being from Minnesota, he was born in Hibbing, Minnesota, up in the Iron Range. And we, uh, we try to claim him as a Minnesotan. He went to the University of Minnesota for a single semester and hated it and didn't really have much to do with the state after that. But we, we try to claim who we can there. However, I think we've lumped him in with a band like The Replacements and Paul Westerberg where, you know, it's it's winter for half the year there. And so you spend a lot of time indoors uh, writing songs and you get good at it uh, because of that, because there isn't a whole lot else for you to do there. And Jonathan got really good at it, too, due in no small part to those harsh Minnesota winters that force a person to do nothing but hone their craft. And Jonathan has no shame admitting his Bob Dylan influence and uh, borrowed merchandise. I definitely lifted um, the Dylan song My Back Pages for something. And I think I made it about a girl I liked or, you know, whatever, as you do at that age. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's in a way, I think it's a rite of passage for folks to do a Dylan impression to an extent. Um, with Billy Joel, I think more of... Um, we didn't start the fire as being uh, trying to do like subterranean homesick blues, but maybe missing the mark a little. Uh, and the same for like REM, the end of the world as we know it. That seems like kind of a Dylan impression to me. I feel like it's just something you have to get out of the way and like get out of your system. And as a songwriter, Bob Dylan has been in Jonathan's system for a long time, starting with three albums when he was about 12 years old. And those were his all, you know, like just acoustic records and, I just dove right into those and was completely immersed and was like, wow, this is great. And then I tried to write Bob Dylan songs for a while and he was able to just just sing wonderful lyrics, which I thought was great. I wasn't really exposed to that before him. With some of his songs, there's a way that he is able to tackle a subject in a way that feels like he's free associating, like, you know, he's pulling these phrases out of the air and you're like, that doesn't fit. But then you bring it into the, the context of the rest of the song, and you're like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing there. Didn't I say that? Remember I was saying he's taking phrases, like, out of uh, random colloquialness? Yeah. And pulling he, it in there? He did say that. That's a fan saying that. Mm. Justification. Okay, so here's Jonathan's take on Everybody Loves You Now compared to other Bob Dylan songs. I was reminded of two Bob Dylan songs, um, With God on Our Side and then uh, Only a Pawn in Their Game. And the reason being, they're, they're pretty like political songs. Uh, that album was like the late 60s. Um, but the reason I'm citing those is that I think that a lot of people who wrote songs that sounded like Bob Dylan, like I'm thinking like, Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, when they would tackle a song in that kind of style, that writing style, they wouldn't go the kind of extra mile that Dylan did lyrically to make it a, like an all-encompassing like song about society or whatever it is. They kind of 
took it and personalized it more. To be honest, I was reminded more initially of Bruce Springsteen than I was of Bob Dylan when I heard that song. I think that Jonathan's comparison uh, is interesting here with, with Bruce Springsteen because Billy Joel tends to get regarded or even like denigrated as the pop version of Bruce Springsteen. And two, I asked you to look up the year that Springsteen's first commercial album came out. What, what was the year? 1973. So Billy Joel was doing at least putting stuff on vinyl before Bruce Springsteen. So I think it's interesting that, you know, granted he wasn't a big commercial success in 1971, but he was still putting stuff out there beforehand. But I think that that comparison of Billy Joel to Bruce Springsteen really comes from them being this sort of divergent fork in the road from Bob Dylan's, you know, musical tree, his, his musical descendants. I was just Instagram. <laughs> oh, um, everybody loves you now. <laughs> everybody is me. Sorry, I'm just doing some like really important careless talk podcast promotion on really? my Instagram stories. Oh. So um, you said that Bruce Spring- Springsteen, Bob Dylan tree. Right. I think the comparison, the reason that they have that comparison is because they're, they're both kind of descendants off of Bob Dylan's you know, musical family tree. Sure. I mean, like it makes sense about that time. Uh, yeah. So you're either, you're either going to be the Beatles or you're going to be Bob Dylan. It seems like, like, if you yeah, I mean about... like those are, those are like the two big monoliths, right. You know, those in, are in music. The influencers. Yeah. The Instagram influencers. Well, like the, the white guys that Hashtag... got popular. Hashtag Bojangles. All right. So back to Jonathan and Bob Dylan, uh, Jonathan gave us some of Dylan's more political songs uh, that he found with some similarity with, with Everybody Loves You Now. Um, but me as someone who's more of a casual Bob Dylan listener, I heard, I mean, at least lyrically, like right off the bat, like a Rolling Stone in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, now that you mention that, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a very, like, accusatory song. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, you know, this is the song that someone writes in the shower to the argument that they've already lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You come up with in the car on the way home kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think that definitely makes sense. Rolling Like a Rolling Stone um, is another one that I thought of and forgot to mention because that one is more of a... I don't know. It, it's a bit of an indictment of a, a sort of societal thing in its way, but it is more like honed in on a single target in a way. Right. Whereas Rolling Stone is probably more going after an archetype. Uh, this song seems to be specifically aimed at an actual real person. Right. 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 Okay. So lyrically, they both have this um, like accusatory kind of like ultimatum feel. Can you kind of feel that? I do get that. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're both definitely like, you think you know everything and I'm no better than you. And we sort of build up this this foreshadowed twist. Like in a Rolling Stone, you get this picture of someone who used to be very high class, like dressed fine, gave money to homeless people. And everybody loves you now. We get this build up to a person we're hearing about who's like in their prime, coming of age, all the lights are on them. And we get this sort of takedown from both Bob Dylan and Billy Joel with, you know, well, how does it feel to be on your own? And, oh, you're so great. Everybody loves you now. Psych, not me, asshole. That's not true, though. 
Because he does love you. Well, still. right. I mean, he doesn't he say that off the bat. He wants your white body. But like, that's what he's saying like to their face. Like, everybody loves you now. And then he goes back home and he's like, oh, I hate them so much, but I love them. He's like Helga. Helga from, from Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Yeah. Move it, football head. Yeah, like Billy Joel has a gum sculpture. Not actually. I don't want to make claims that aren't true. Uh, but there is metaphorically a statue made of gum. No, there's literally one. Literally Billy metaphorically. Billy Joel's disgusting. In the Jack and Jill closet that Billy Joel walked through, there is a sculpture made out of gum that Elizabeth Weber chewed. Just honestly very Presumably. risky because it's the same closet that right. she was Yeah, using. she's passing through it. I don't, was she going the other way? Yeah, Every time I talk about the closet, stuff in there. I feel like we're getting really mean. And I, like, I don't know. But anyway, there's, there's, there is a metaphorical statue made out of gum because he secretly is very much in love and wants that white body. There's a very loud bird outside. So, and I also found by way of Thomas McFarlane's experiencing Billy Joel, a listener's companion, uh, a nod to another Bob Dylan song, positively fourth street. And again, here's what you'd hear. Should you go to check the song out on iTunes to purchase it? So like it's another accusatory song. Yeah, that one that one's also like a you think you're great, but I see through your bullshit and I know better than you. Yeah, I think like the tone in this one matches a little bit more with Everybody Loves You Now. Yeah. But it's also interesting like another thing lifted from the song very much in the same way that we found in the last episode that Gary Rue was on and pointed out about uh Maybe I'm amazed and you can make me free. It's the same chord progression again. So different keys. So we'll talk about it in terms of, of musical numbers. Uh, here's the chord progression. We get a one. We get a minor two chord. We get a four chord. And then we go back to the one. So while Bob Dylan sings, You've got a lot of nerve to say you are my friend. Billy Joel sings with the exact same chord progression. Baby, all the lights are turned on you. Now we're at the four, we're gonna go back to the one. When I was writing, when I was a teenager, I definitely lifted some chord progressions from Dylan, like from very specific Bob Dylan songs. Um, and I know I'm a huge Neil Young fan and he did the same thing. He would just like openly steal chord progressions and kind of like wink about it in in ways in the songs but just take them from bob dylan i think that's a thing that a lot of people uh have done subtly and not so subtly well yeah i mean it's you know billy joel as bob dylan and he nailed it i think um the chord progression the the lyrics and the melody too where it's not it's not anything super fancy um but it works it works for the song and, and, it, it, and it's almost kind of like incidental to the song Exactly. And I, I think that's something that Dylan, especially on those early recordings, um, was a master of in a way. And I, I say that kind of with a grin because I I love good melodies and they're just not, they're not that in the traditional Beach Boys, you know, Brian Wilson, Jamie Webb sort of way, but they are good melodies for the songs. 
Can you hear that in Bob Dylan's songs as like a non-musician, like his early songs or his melodies are just kind of like, like they don't really have a whole lot of stuff going on. I now know two early Bob Dylan songs. So <laughs> I think like your word the ones that Jonathan it. mentioned earlier. No, I think it's interesting. Um, songs I'd never heard of before. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you don't, that's not, I mean, you don't, you don't quite uh, necessarily catch on to that. Like, uh, like in Mr. Tambourine Man like outside of the chorus, like what's the melody uh, of so Mr. Tambourine Man? I will remind Josh that I don't listen to songs with words like that in my head. Like so, Mr. Tambourine Man? I don't go, oh, what a melody. Right, no, no, but I mean like... I wouldn't... Honestly, here, I'm not even we'll sure I could again. tell you what a melody was. You know, like the, the music that you sing of a song. <laughs> yeah, but like in comparison to like other things, I have no idea. Right, okay, so... The chorus to Mr. Tambourine is, Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I am not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to. Yes, but is that more or less complex than anything else? I have no idea. (laughs) Right, but so (laughs) you don't have to sing it, but could you sing back Mr. Tambourine Man, the chorus? Was that the chorus? Yeah. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. More or less, yeah. The jingle jangle Yeah Following you Now could you sing a verse No Because right. I don't know the song that well And like I feel like Bob Early Bob Dylan stuff The verse is just Does not matter the, In terms of, of the melody Of the line I would of the like to hear singing. you tell that to Bob Dylan I you know and I'm not like I said I'm not knocking Bob Dylan because he's he's a great writer but his earlier stuff like definitely he was he was he had this thing of like and here's the chorus everybody like it's folk music we're all going to join in now sure. like the verse is here for you know moving the story along in the song and I think it's really interesting that when you get to this song you get to everybody loves you now the verses of the song granted this is another AABA song so there's no chorus but, you know, you get to Everybody Loves You Now and you feel like, oh, that's the part where I get to come in as the crowd. Like, everybody loves you now. Yes. But you get this verse. My and favorite it's, part of the song. The the verse melody is so Except simple. Except for I don't want your white body. <laughs> is it because I'm so pale? <laughs> I took some pictures of Josh at his aunt's pool yesterday and he's like swimming in the water and he is like, he is photo white. Like... <laughs> He is what you white. Ba- you could white balance the camera on Josh's body. No, I'm like a baby fish. Like you can see my heartbeat. Like it's, it's translucent. It's understood. Like it's I'm pale. Uh, I don't go outside much. I got burned on my skin very hard. Harsh, very hard. I got a really bad burn when I was a little kid, like with spasms, like itch spasms and everything. And I just decided like the sun thing is. Not it's for okay. Me. It's okay. So the melody is just a really simple melody. And I actually like stopped and analyzed the melody. Cause like, what's the melody of the song? Like, I mean, you could sing it cause you've listened to it a lot now, but it's just like, like, it's just, it's so, it's so simple, but it's, it's pentatonic. Do you know what pentatonic is? It is an acapella band. It is well, that the pentatonic is an acapella band. There's a light in the hallway. That is the one. Uh, so yeah, they they take their name from uh, a thing in music called pentatonic. So 
uh, pent. It means five. Means five, yeah. So you have a, a five note scale. That was many more than five. Well, I'm, these two are the same. You might think of that as like the Asian scale. Like a lot of Asian gotcha. music has that. I don't know if necessarily. Like, yeah, like traditionally. Yeah. Um, you know, and part of, I think in, in popular culture, the reason why we think of it as like Asian music, you know, because uh, sadly all we experience of, of Asian culture is like going to a Chinese restaurant or getting a massage at a place in a mall. And so they'll put on music. And so we're going to put on the most non-threatening thing, which is literally the pentatonic scale. Go to your piano. Uh, go to your piano. Just play all the black notes. And it's pleasing because there's no half steps. You know, half step is this. So that's a whole step. This is a half step. Like these sound kind of crunchy. You get a little bit of But that sounds even crunchier, right? I thought it was interesting. In this song, what we get is a melody that is, is pentatonic until we get to the end. So we have, uh, I'll do this in solfege which is the, 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 the spoken language of music. So we get, in the melody, we get so, 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 la, do, re, do, 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 re, do, la, so. Like it's all, it's all black notes on the keyboard. And it, it goes that way without tension, right? Like he's setting up the story of like, oh, baby, you're so great. You're wonderful. I love you. And we don't get any any half steps. We don't get any tension until he gets to that title line of of uh, everybody loves you now, right? We got, uh, baby, all the lights are turned on you. Now you're in the center of the stage. Do do so 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 la do re me 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 re re. And it's until you get to where we like break through. Uh, Loneliness. That's the first half step. Loneliness. That's tension. Tension is building right there. Loneliness is like the, yeah, it's like that first negative. Yeah, and that's the first negative thing. And it's also the first half step, the first bit of tension we get in the melody. Loneliness will get to you somehow. Like, it's it's just, it's crazy. It's not crazy. It's, uh, it's, musical it's science. pretty clever yeah. songwriting. I'm not saying that that's how he, you know, consciously thought about it but no but it works very well yeah it's interesting that we get a very simple like non-controversial melody all whole notes pentatonic until we start biting into the person a little bit and saying like i don't actually like you but i secretly do but i don't yeah and we get that tension mm-hmm. that's it's, crazy it's like uh it's the person you angrily make out with so that's pent- wrapping up the episode somehow. somehow. <laughs> I think that's how we wrap it up. <laughs> so I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. And thank you to our good friend, Jonathan Hackett. Hey, he has- hey, Jonathan, we'll, we'll settle that thing about cupcakes uh, at another time. You guys got a beef about cupcakes? <laughs> we do. Can you please explain to the listeners what your beef is? Yeah, uh, I have a problem with frosting being inside of cupcakes. I think they put enough frosting on the outside of cupcakes and Jonathan has uh, feelings about it and um, things have been a little tense. Are you calling out Jonathan on the show? I'm not. I'm just saying we'll settle this another time. Okay. All right. 
I just want to make sure. Hey, anyway, thanks how, for being on the How do you feel show. about when they cut the bottom, if you cut the bottom off the cupcake and put it on top? I think and that's too much work. Really? Yes. Just go right in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Jonathan has even more songs than what's up on his band camp, and you should oh, demand. Oh, wait, can you, say, uh, can you say thanks to Jonathan, and then I'll yell big thanks again? Okay. Thank you so much for listening to another episode, and thank you to our good friend Jonathan Hackett. Thanks, Jonathan. He has even more songs than what's up on his band camp, uh, and you should demand every single one of them that isn't on there to be on there but you can check him out at jonathanhackett.bandcamp.com link in the show notes we haven't said it in other episodes but we do put links in the show notes so you know go back to the old shows look at the links in the show notes if you want to join the conversation leave us a message on our voicemail at 616-929-0313 you can send us an email at carelesstalkpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at Careless Talk Podcast. Uh, sometimes I post a picture. Hey, who? Not very frequently. Who liked us on Instagram? Billy Joel band member Mike Dell. Billy Joel band member Mike Dell. What does he play? He plays rhythm guitar. But more importantly, he was like in the number one Billy Joel cover band in the nation. And then he just got like picked up and now he's on tour with Billy Joel. And his, and his name is Mike Dell. And uh, so if Billy Joel needs like a historian or official podcast for his tour. Two of uh, them. Come at us. We'll be there, Billy. But anyway, to all those uptown girls and innocent mans out there, thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, stop playing with that box. <laughs> You're in the box, Murphy. Get. It's echoey. Get, get out of the box. I know it's my fault for letting the box there, but... Jeez, Murphy, come on. Uh, Note to self. Ben Franklin, Variety Stories.